In this episode, Katie Singer and Nisha Patel from RBP are going to be discussing partners' current accounts. This is part one in the Understanding Practice Accounts mini-series. Accountancy on Prescription by RBP, one of the leading firms of medical specialist accountants. We know what you find tough, but don't you worry, as we know our stuff. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Accountancy on Prescription. Today, I'm joined by my colleague and a client principal at RBP, Nisha Patel. Hi, Katie. Hi, Nisha. How are you? I'm not bad, and you? Yeah, good. Thank you. And I'm Katie Singer, one of the partners here at RBP. We have decided that we are going to put together a little mini series, if you like, of small snippet podcasts about understanding practice accounts. So, so many times we go to practices and we're running through the accounts and people always say the same thing. Katie, Nisha, can I ask you a silly question? And Nisha, the same as me, I always tell everybody there is no such thing as a silly question because anything you ask means you don't know the answer to it and we want you to understand. So we thought we would just do a little mini series. Each episode will just be a very small section of the accounts or things surrounding the accounts that we think partners, practice managers, anyone going into partnership might find useful, just finding your way around a set of accounts, basically. The first episode and what we're going to be chatting about today, probably the one thing, would you agree, Nisha, that everybody gets confused about? Definitely. Are the partners or the partnership current accounts. So when we say current accounts, immediately your brain takes you to a bank account. Not the same here. When we're talking about the current accounts, we're talking about the balance sheet or the partner's current accounts that we see in the practice accounts. So I would say the first silly question I'm always asking, you would probably agree, Nish, is that people always say, well, what is a current account and why do I have one? So I didn't know if you just want to let us know, Nish, what it is, just a real basic about what the current account is and why we have them in the practice accounts. So a current account is a balance that a partner holds in a partnership. So it's like a mini bank account for that partner. This would be shown on the balance sheet. So this is where you would find the information about the position of your current account. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like a working capital as well. So it takes into consideration, you know, the profits, the drawings and different elements, which we'll discuss later on. But we do hold a current account for each partner and we have that so the partnership can run effectively and have a good working capital. I always say to people when we're talking about the current accounts, it's like the balance sheet, like every item on the balance sheet, it's a snapshot, a snapshot on that date. So most of you listening will have a practice year end of the 31st of March. And it's what your individual current account is on that single one day. It would be different the day before. It will be different the day after, month after, week after, et cetera. So it's always just a snapshot, which is why we say it's sort of like a notional bank account. It's not a real bank account, not like the bank account on the balance sheet, which shows the money that was in the bank on that one day. This is the notional amount of effectively assets, less liability, although that's a bit more of a complicated way of understanding it. We'll explain it in a bit of a better way as we go through at that single day. So as Nisha mentioned, the reason you have a current account or we show current accounts is mainly for working capital. One of the questions we get asked so frequently is what is working capital and why do we even need it? Why can we not just 
draw all the money we have in the practice out? Because at the end of the day, it is your money. But Nish, do you want to explain maybe some of the pitfalls that might happen if an individual or a partner were to really draw their current accounts down to too low? If basically the partners took out all the funds from the practice, you would not be able to run the practice effectively. Day to day, you know, you need to have some funds in place to ensure that the business can grow. And we normally recommend that you would use one month's payroll and potentially one month's drawing as a minimum, as a balance for your working capital. We're really lucky. Well, I say we're really lucky. You as listeners are really lucky that in general, the NHS, and I believe that it's never been a case where your monthly I call them monthly Exeter statements, what they're called now, monthly PCT statements, where you get your global sum from. Effectively, that always comes into your bank account. I don't know any situations where it has occurred late. But let's say something happened and for one month you didn't get your monthly statement, you didn't get that global sum money and everything else that comes with it. You need to ensure you've got a buffer in your bank slash current accounts to be able to pay out at least one month's salaries. And I'm guessing you're all going to want your own drawings too. So that's why we say it. Because if you draw down and you haven't got that kind of fund in your bank, if that money doesn't come in, you're going to have a real issue. And obviously ensuring your staff are paid is the number one priority for the practice at that moment in time. And we're finding as well now at the moment, you know, the income stream is not as frequent as it used to be. So Mm. payments are being delayed and it's sometimes guesswork to know when you're going to be receiving funding. So it's always good to keep a good balance in your working capital. That's absolutely true, Nish. You see that quite often. You know, we're always talking about how practices used to get paid most of your services monthly or quarterly, lots of your enhanced services, for example. Now these are shifting into PCN or shifting into networks or community services. We're finding that the payment for them is far more erratic. I mean, are you seeing that? I mean, you must be seeing that, Nisha. Definitely, definitely. And what that means is if you are used to getting guaranteed income on a monthly or quarterly basis that you're no longer getting, your cash flow is going to take the first hit of that. And so one of the simplest ways of ensuring that there are no cash flow issues is by keeping a healthy surplus in the current accounts. So the current accounts having I don't want to say excess in a bad way, excess being too much, but having a little bit over you need, it just ensures that if there are any problems, a small rainy day fund, it's there. Something else that we haven't really mentioned, but is probably worth doing so here, is if partners do draw out too much, you might find, and some of you may have seen this before on your accounts, that your current account number is in brackets, which means it's overdrawn, which means at that moment in time, you didn't have money that you had sitting in your current account available, you were overdrawn and you owed money back to the practice. Obviously, this is a really bad position to be in. I mean, there are sometimes, I guess, Nisha, when it might be rectified, right? It is, yes. And the most common reason why you would probably have an overdrawn balance could be if you're a new partner in a partnership and you know the tax is paid through the partnership, you know, you will be overdrawn because you would be paying upfront but it can get rectified and you could, you know, perhaps reduce your monthly drawings to have a positive balance at the end of it. 
That's what we often say. Superam rebates as well. So we haven't discussed yet, we will do shortly, exactly how the current account is calculated. But one thing that comes out of the current account are your superannuation deductions. And for many of you, you'll be aware, they often take not enough or too much. And if NHS England do actually take too much pension from you, you have to wait around a year, sometimes two years if you're a non-March year end, to have that monies credited back. So a really common example of why a partner would go overdrawn or often goes overdrawn, it's one I've seen multiple times, hence why I'm using it, is when somebody goes on maternity leave. So very often, if a partner goes on maternity leave, they might only be out or have a reduced profit share, say for six months of the year. Very unlikely you're going to update NHS England with the fact that their profits are going to drop. So for that one single year, that individual's on maternity leave, her profits are lower, therefore her superannuation contribution should have been reduced. But they weren't because it was only a short period of time and most people don't go in and amend the form every you know month, et cetera. So very often that profit share at the end of the year, we see it's lower and we can see there's been too much pension has been deducted and a rebate or a refund will come in in the following financial year. So at the end of the financial year, that partner who's been on maternity leave might see their current account in deficit. Similarly, their tax bill, they've paid a higher tax. They're going to have a lower tax bill because they've been on maternity leave. So we always tend to say not to worry too, too much because these things will get sorted out. They'll come out in the wash as an expression that we use. But Long-term, we don't want partners having low or overdrawn current accounts because that can have real detrimental impact on a practice as a whole. Definitely. We would not recommend that you have an overdrawn balance. The way to look at it is you need to have a positive balance. And we would make a suggestion of, you know, how many sessions you're doing and based on the number of partners, you know, we make recommendations of how much funding you should hold in the partnership accounts. And full-time equivalent, we recommend about 20,000. Well, sometimes I say more. It depends on the practice size niche. So if you think about your practice, those listening, if you think if you've got a relatively small list, let's say you've got a small list, three, 4,000 patients, and there's two of you, yeah, you might have 20 grand in each, 15 grand in each. It's quite small. You don't need as much surplus. If you're a big practice, say 20, 25,000 patients, you're probably going to need working capital of 250,000 pounds which means if there's only two of you, you'd need a hundred grand each. If there's, you know, say six or seven of you, yeah, you'd need less, but probably usually working capital, depending on the size of the practice, will be anywhere between 20 and and 40,000, depending on the number of partners you have. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's a good time now to run through exactly how the current account is calculated. So I'm quite a visual person. So in the show notes, I'll do like an example, a photograph example, so you can see on this bit how it's calculated. But essentially, and we'll use an example of how the current account's calculated for a new partner joining the partnership. So when you join, and we're going to make it nice and easy, we're going to pretend it's a March year end, you're joining the practice on the 1st of April. So you've joined the practice on the 1st of April, you've joined the practice with nothing. Long gone are the days where individuals were expected to bring money in with them when they joined a practice. 
Instead, and I will go back to this when we talk about the drawings and how effectively we calculate the drawings for new partners, you just build up slowly over time. There are still times when people do deposit monies, but I think it's quite an expensive climate at the moment. So we do see it less and less. But for now, we'll assume that an individual is joining the partnership and they're not depositing any lump sums. Something that's worth mentioning is the new to partnership income. Now, I'm not 100% sure. I thought the scheme ended this March, i.e. at the end of March 2023, although a practice recently told me they believed it was being extended for another year. So I do apologize, but at the time of airing, I was under the impression that it was ending in March 2023. If the new partnership monies are around, this is basically a golden hello for new partners. This is a great way of boosting your working capital for a full time. It's up to £24,000, so it's excellent. But again, for the purpose of this argument, we'll pretend that you're joining the practice with nothing. Then you're going to work in the practice for the whole year. And at the end of the financial year, you're going to have a set of accounts prepared. And to your balance of zero, we're going to add your share of profit, whatever that might be. And for this worked example, we'll say it's £100,000. Then from that, you make three deductions. You take off the drawings you received monthly, the pension that got deducted monthly, and tax bills, if applicable, not all practices do pay tax bills on their partner's behalf, but if you do, this money will also come out of your current account. And you are then left with a balance at the end of the year, which is your effectively current account as at the end of March or your working capital within the practice. So as Nisha said earlier, when you first join, it might very well be, especially if you join halfway through the financial period, that you're actually overdrawn at the end of your first year or you've got nothing in there or a very, very small amount. Not to worry, you will be able to build up over time. Nish, what do you normally recommend a new partner reduces their drawings by when they first join a practice? I would recommend between 500 to £1,000 pounds is reasonable. And that helps build up the current account balance. You know, even if you did a thousand pounds, that's 12,000 pounds you've built into your working capital. Exactly. The less you take, the quicker your current account will grow. I mean, I've had partners join practices and get to 20, 30,000 in their first year or two. It can happen quite quickly. I would say if you are sort of a higher sessional partner, let's say you're doing six to eight sessions. I say eight being maximum. We very rarely see anyone doing over eight sessions. But if you're, say, doing six to eight sessions, you can probably afford to reduce it by a thousand. If you're doing below six sessions, just because of the expense of the NHS pension, you might be erring on the side of the 500 pounds. But yeah, you know, even with reducing 500 pound a month, in theory, after three years, you should have built around 20,000 into your working capital, which for a four, five, six session partner, you know, in an average practice would be fairly reasonable. So that's how the current account is calculated. Obviously, that's very simple. So I would always say when you're looking at your practice accounts, do look in the accounts. There's always going to be a detailed breakdown of the partner's current accounts. And I don't know whether we want to just say a few key things that partners should, you know, look out for when they're looking at the current accounts or key things to take away from this niche. What do you think are the most important things to know about the current account and why they're so important to understand? So the main key point for the current account would be that the balance you have in the current account is essentially your funds that you have in the partnership. Now, the most common question or the most common misconception is if I took out a lump sum, am I paying tax on that Mm. lump sum? So the answer to that is no, because what you need to bear in mind, you pay tax on the profit element. 
not on the current account balance or the drawings you're taking. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Of course, that's the one thing that we're always asked. <laughs> it's a funny story. Well, I think it's a funny story, but I'm an accountant. I had a client recently and they had a very high balance in their current account. And actually, this is important to discuss with you know whoever your partner is, your accountant partner, I mean, how much working capital you should keep in because there's a fine line. You don't actually want to keep too much in. So this specific individual, he was coming up to his retirement. He had a lot of money, a lot of working capital, and he was effectively supporting the practice too much. And I thought, this is a bad position for this individual to be in. They're going to leave the practice within the next, I think it was about 18 months. And he's going to be owed so much money and it might destabilize the practice. So better that he takes a couple of lump sums out over the next few months or years. Anyway, so I said to him, look, why don't you take 20 grand? And he said to me, oh, no, 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 I I don't want to pay tax on it. I don't want to pay tax on 20 grand. I said, no, 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 no. You're not going to pay tax on it. It's your money that you've already paid tax on effectively. It's your cash that you have, I guess you would say, loaned to the practice or just keeping inside the practice bank account instead of keeping it in your own bank account. So eventually we agreed that he would take £20,000 as a lump sum out. And I was pleased about that. It was nowhere near as much as he should have taken, but he took £20,000 out. Anyway, he called me the following week. He said, look, I'm just letting you know I've put that money back because I didn't want to pay tax on it. (laughs) And I thought, oh, okay. So if you take anything away from today, don't get me wrong. Of course, you have to pay tax. And very often, many of you listening, where the practices don't pay tax on your behalf, what you will do is you will allow your money to often build up in the practice and then you take lump sums out twice a year. So I guess in your head, you're thinking, but I do take the money out to pay the tax. But effectively, it's the same thing. You're just allowing cash to build up and you can use that cash in whichever way you wish. We're sort of looking at it as a perspective of after tax. So after you've paid your tax, after you've paid your pension, the working capital that is left and that money you draw out is tax free effectively. So I think as far as current account goes, I think We've probably covered a little bit of information. We've probably confused you. What do you reckon, Nisha? I think a bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest with you, listening. It is the most confusing part of the accounts, in my opinion. I think you can get your head around profit and loss accounts. You can get your head around the balance sheet just about. But when it comes to current accounts, it's really quite confusing because partners always think, hold on a minute. Katie's told me that I've got £50,000, but yet she's now telling me in the next breath, I can't have this £50,000. So what's going on here? So yeah, I would just say, as long as you've taken a slight understanding about how they're calculated, why it's so important to make sure that they are kept at a certain level, you know, we do need to make sure that you don't squeeze the practice. You know, if you notice your bank balance going down, depleting, it could be a sign that the partner's current accounts aren't healthy enough. Or of course, it could be a sign that you're not getting money in quick enough from, you know, your NHS sources. But one of the places could be the current account. So we're trying where possible from an accountancy perspective to avoid those current accounts dipping or becoming overdrawn. So that's why we thought this would be a really good starting point for our Understanding Practice Accounts series. So if you have enjoyed that episode, please do ensure you like and subscribe and we will be releasing new episodes every two weeks. So thank you very much, Tanisha, for joining me today. Thank you, Katie. And we look forward to seeing you all again next time. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to RBP's Accountancy on Prescription podcast. For any updates, please visit www.rbp.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at RBPCA. 
The contents of this podcast is for general guidance and informational purposes only and does not constitute any form of advice. The information provided by RBP is of a general nature. Appropriate and tailored advice or independent research should be obtained before making any decisions. RBP does not accept any liability for any loss or damage which is incurred from you acting or not acting as a result of listening to Accountancy on Prescription.